What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Gold Podcast. This is episode 29. I'm Christian Brady here in Clemson, South Carolina at the Stadium Suites, and that's Matt Tiart at the Tiger Town Villages across just town. Give, Matt, how you doing? Just give random people our address. <laughs> they don't know our address, dude. Hey, you know what? If anyone who listens to this shows up, I'll probably just say, you can sleep in my bed. I don't really care. My extra bed, not in my bed. Right, yeah, we're, yeah, off yeah. Rock, we're off to a rocky start. <laughs> Trying out this new coffee today. Not bad. Not a live review. Yeah. You're just like um, you're just like Portnoy. I know. I am Portnoy. Just as a lecture. One one sip. Everyone knows the rules. Yeah. Drink the whole thing. Um I'm gonna go five six. That's a Ooh, review. That's, that's not very good. <laughs> no, it's not that good. All right. Um, we got a lot of topics today. Christian, yep, we're, just just dive right in. Okay, yeah, we're one week in and we already got a bunch of stuff going on. So we're going to start with the coronavirus. The Hurricanes have had COVID troubles within the organization. Their game at the Predators on Tuesday was canceled. And the status of their game tomorrow, Thursday, um, where they host Florida, is undetermined. They haven't practiced since, so I doubt they play. But already some troubles for the Hurricanes. Hopefully they can deal with it quickly. Uh, they are the only team other than Dallas to really have significant issues with COVID. So knock on wood, fingers crossed that that remains the case. Obviously we know there's going to be issues like this. The league has structured in off days for plenty of teams and even days in between where they're in cities, where if they have to move games, um, say from one game to the other, they could have to play three days in a row, but at least they'd be able to get it in a month later or so. The light travel schedule makes it easy to make up games. So, Unlike the NFL, where it almost bit them in the butt, the NHL has planned for stuff like this where games have to be canceled because, of course, it's going to happen. And the Hurricanes hopefully will quickly be back on the X. Yeah, it's kind of like it reminds me of MLB when, like, Miami tested positive and everyone was like, oh, it's over. Um, And somehow they got to the end of the season. So, yeah, there were no really significant issues after that. Yeah, I mean, Several teams tested but... positive, people going to strip clubs, whatever. We knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we're going to see – hopefully we don't see a lot more of this with the vaccine already uh, in distribution. But um, hopefully this is one of not many cases. And like I like you said, you already mentioned that the NHL and Bettman have already done a really good job of putting in days to counter this. So. Mm-hmm. That's All it. right. Well, speaking Wait, of Florida, we have a pandemic going on. What? Huh? Yeah, I haven't heard about that. Me neither. Where's my mask? <laughs> yeah, we heard that uh, COVID transfers through Zoom now, so we might have to cancel the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Keith Yanda was nearly scratched, ending nearly ending his 866 at the time game streak, the longest active Ironman streak, and the fourth longest ever in the NHL. He was nearly scratched to end it to start the season on Sunday, but he was the last-minute addition to the lineup. He scored his 100th goal in the first game against the Blackhawks, and again last night he had two assists, so that's three games at two points, both in wins against the Blackhawks. His streak is up to 868 games, and I've always had an allegiance to Keith Yandel because he's from near me, but also he's voted one of two funniest guys in, in the league behind Kevin Hayes, who's also from Boston um the best one yeah the best one so 
So I really like Keith Yandel. I think he's a great offensive player. Matt, you mentioned that a lot of Florida uh, fans and also, which I don't know how many of those there are, but, and also, (laughs) and also uh, literally the furthest point from Canada (laughs) in the U S well, there's a lot of snowbirds down there. So I'm sure there's a lot of hockey fans who's will go to Florida games. That makes sense. But a lot of fans and their new GM have, tried to distance themselves from Keith Yandel because he is a very riverboat gambler type player where he's just stepping up into plays, trying to make offensive, whatever contributions to the team and maybe sacrificing defense and um, sometimes in that way. But I like him as a, as a dude, I think he's a good offensive player, uh, which can add value to your team. So I want to see the streak go as long as it can. I mean, he got hit in the face with a puck. And he played the rest of the game and the next game. And also he got traded from New York to um, or from Arizona to New York and flew on a private jet the day he got traded so that he could play that night and he wouldn't miss his keep streak. His so yeah. He's done any anything he can to keep that streak alive. And it would stink if it ended because of like trying to give a, a young guy a shot. I mean, of course that's important for your team, but you'd hate to see it end in a thing like that. So yeah, uh, you said riverboat gambling type of guy. I immediately yeah. thought of stepbrothers. Where he's like, Dad, I want to go on riverboat gambling trips. Yeah, exactly. Like, we yeah. Have, he's like, we've literally done none of those things. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so I saw on Twitter Florida fans saying, like, Yandel's a liability. He always pinches. He, you know, lets up too many goals. His minus is way up there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so what for the Ironman streak? And then – He's almost scratched, and he's like, let me play, and then scores three points in two games and mm-hmm. essentially says, screw all the haters. So uh, as long as he's producing, why would you end this streak? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it just shows the power of social media. If you don't think you can affect a game as a, a mass group on Twitter, you definitely can because I have a hard time believing that Keith Daniel didn't start this game because of the enormous out whatever roar from Twitter saying he should be in this game. Yeah. So, Hey, it's power of Twitter. I guess we're in the right spot, man. Speaking of producing the most nice. critical line, the line that we are most critical of on this podcast mm-hmm. has actually been producing through four games. Tavares has six points. Marner has six points and Matthews has four points. So uh, the highest paid line in the league by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about time they start putting points on the board. Yeah, they have 16 combined points over four games uh, between the three of them. Tavares is 3 3 and 6. Marner is the same line, and Matthews is a goal and three assists for four points. So Tavares and Marner are tied for the lead in the league, along with Jack Hughes. Um, who's also producing well for the first time. He really didn't have a great year last year, but there are rumors going around that he gained up to 15 pounds of muscle during this short off season, uh, which I remember happening to David Pasternak after his first short stint in the NHL in his first year, he gained a lot of weight the next year and scored 28 goals or something like that. So maybe that's the track we're on for Jack Hughes. Uh, but yeah, like we talked about that line of Toronto is producing at a clip that they've always expected to be there. The three of them are supposed to be among the leaders in the league in points and goals. So 
it's good for Toronto that they're up there. They need that because they don't have as much scoring as they'd like to, again, because that's the highest paid line in the history of hockey. I'm willing to wager that. So <clears throat> definitely yeah, important um, for that team. Yeah, we want to, and it's not like we're we're a Ma- we're Matthews fans. Like he's from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like we want him to do well. I'm not a Tavares fan, but we want to see this line that is being paid so much money. Like we want them to put, like make it worth it for the game of hockey. Like if well, maybe this year we do. I <clears throat> I've always been a I'm not a saying Toronto I want them to hater. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying like if hockey the sport of hockey is investing all of this money into them. Like they need to show yeah. out, you know what? I, so it's like a bigger picture type thing. I'm hoping that through, it says through four games on our script, hope I'm hoping through 40 games that they can keep this going. And then in the playoffs be very disappointing. Like they always are. <laughs> and then we can say, we want to blow up the team like we do every yeah. year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll, I mean, I don't know how much blowing up they can even do. I think all of those guys are on tap on, uh, you know, in writing for the next few years. So, yeah, no trade clauses, I'm assuming. So. Yes, that as well. Uh, so we mentioned Jack Hughes. We also want to talk about Nathan McKinnon, who scored his 500th point. Um, good for him. Whatever. We said everything anytime we could say we can about, talk Nathan about McKinnon. Yeah. Anytime we can talk about Nathan McKinnon, then we will. So. Um, some other individual news. We mentioned it last week, but Mark Stone has been named the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. He is the team's first ever captain. And you and I were discussing this, Matt. It's an interesting move on their part to pick what well, he was a free agent signing, right? Um, or was he acquired via no, trade I think from they got Ottawa? Him, I think they got him from Ottawa. <clears throat> yeah, they did. Uh, I didn't know if it was by trade. But either way, he is – known to be their leader he's their points leader basically uh their goal leader and their leader in the room so in that way it makes sense but at the same time there are guys like flurry shea theodore william carlson who really like inaugurated the team and were the reason that they were successful in their first year so an interesting move in that breath but at the same time mark stone is like the clear-cut leader if you don't look at context you just look at their team and the guys that they have and who has the most leadership qualities. It's, it's definitely. To me, him. it would be him or Pacioretty. Yeah. Uh, uh, which are both guys that are not on the team to start. I just feel like from a franchise standpoint, you owe it. Um, especially I said, Shea Theodore, cause he's like the first guy that came to my head that's been there since the beginning, but you, uh, I feel like you owe it to William Carlson who, I mean, what, Everybody had a part to play in their cup run. He was the reason, him and Flurry were the reason that they were in that cup run. He scored four goals before he was on the Knights, and he scored, four, what, 47 mm-hmm. uh, the year they went to the cup. So I, I just feel like you owe it to the the guys that have been there since your franchise existed. Um, but I mean, yeah, Mark, I agree. Mark Stone, but obviously, he's definitely a deserved player. Yeah. But. And you and I have never been in that locker room, so it's difficult to decide from our standpoint who is the leader of the team. And I have to imagine it is Mark Stone and, and Max Pacioretty, like you mentioned, yeah, who are veterans in the league. But, yeah, just, you know, looking at it from the outside in, it's kind of like, you know, what are you giving to these guys that basically put you on the map? I mean, yeah. I have a hard time imagining that if they didn't have a great first year, 
that they'd be having the success they have now because they'd be wanting to blow it up. I know the fans in Vegas have become very demanding almost immediately of their franchise. So yeah, if William I mean, Carlson a, didn't score 50 goals in that year, who knows where they'd be right now. That's such a double-edged sword too, because Vegas fans say they completely flop and they win 13 mm-hmm. games. Vegas fans become should. uninterested. Yeah. Yeah. They become uninterested, but because they went to the cup in their first year, the fans are so invested. They demand excellence. They want to cup mm-hmm. run every year. So it's, it's such a double-edged sword of like, do we try to build this thing so great early on or do we, you know, and obviously you want to yeah. win at all times, but it's like, it's such a catch 22 of fighting a middle ground between fan. Obviously fans want to win the cup every year, but Vegas people that live in Vegas, I mean, you have to be crazy to live in Vegas. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Uh, how do they even have enough water to flood the ice, man? I don't, I don't know. know. They Don't they use, like, the Roman, the old Roman waterways that the Romans <laughs> built? I, don't, I know literally nothing about that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about a goof <clears throat> on the side of the NHL. The new pucks, which were put into – I guess, distribution into play in the bubble last year for the playoffs uh, with the tracking technology inside them, which is admittedly very cool. This year, the finishing on them is not nearly as good. Players are complaining that they don't slide. Like, they're basically not hockey pucks. Um, so those will be discontinued until fixed. They were used without incident in the bubble. I actually remember, now that we talk about this, man, I remember some rumblings early that the pucks weren't working. Or not that they weren't working, but that they were a little different and that guys were actually noticing it. But relatively, there was no difference. But then they started this year probably because they had to mass produce them, whereas instead they were playing in two different places, so they didn't need nearly as many pucks last year. This year they have to mass produce them, and there are obvious corners cut or something because there were problems with the pucks. And they won't be used probably for the rest of the season, but at least until they can produce a whole new batch that has zero problems with it. this is really kind of stupid, but also like some of the numbers that we were getting from the pucks, like speed and like how fast players are skating, like all that stuff was kind of cool. So we'll probably miss that a little bit, though. I don't think the full potential of that data was even being used yet. So, yeah. And what's it's even crazy to say, but you remember the AAF, that mm-hmm. football league that lasted six weeks? They yeah. had an app on their phone and like trackers on all the players and you could like guess the next play. And there was like a tracker on the football hmm. and like other leagues are taking that technology. So that's such a cool idea. I remember during the all-star break, like a couple of years ago, they tried that like trackers on every player. Yeah. Like on the screen. And it was like a catastrophe. It was chaos. So I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's like the, but, uh, it's like the on ice trainers in the shell where it just floods the ice you can't even see so yeah the, the net's like a grid and then you yeah, got like all these yeah. passing lanes yeah uh-huh. um but i do agree with you that this technology hasn't even scratched the surface like mm-hmm. or we haven't scratched the surface of this technology yeah. um when it comes to like how we can better the game of hockey so yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But in the meantime, we're back to good old-fashioned pucks. I'm sure the players will be happy about that. All right, Matt. Our favorite subject, Mike Babcock. Yeah, the GOAT. He interviewed with the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun. And Babcock 
sort of admitted fault, but did definitely did not apologize. He said it stung to hear the way that he affected his players uh, and that he takes mental health very seriously and is outspoken with the bell. Let's talk campaign, which we're <clears> going to hear about more in the future. Uh, Cause there's always a time of the year where they really go into that. Um, uh, the NHL really makes a big deal about that, which is a great thing. But Mike Babcock has been an outspoken member of that movement. Uh, and he said, it's important for teams to have sports psychologists on staff to deal with issues with coaches and players, which kind of pushes the burden off of himself and onto like the player, like, well, the player should have gone and seek, seek. Yeah. Help. Like there's a job for this. Go see him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, I agree that the coach really, man, it's hard to tell. I mean, cause I know that the burden in this case fell on Mike Babcock and only on Mike Babcock because he did some terrible things to his players. Some of the stories we heard, were unimaginable and I understand where he's coming from where as a coach he doesn't really want to deal with anything but his players performance and you know preparing for games but it's just like a new world in a new game where mental health is a big part of hockey and sports any contact sport um, and it's so important for him to you know, be taking care of his players at the same time as uh, he's taking care of like their personal side and their hockey side, you know? So the burden is on him and he definitely didn't apologize and he made a point to not apologize. So I don't really know why you did this interview to be honest with you, but I mean, he's starting um, at his new job. So I'm sure that we're going to hear more from him. Several thoughts. First, Pierre Lebron's the goat. He's like yeah. the chapter of NHL. I know he doesn't like work for, I mean, works for the athletic, but I, I feel like I wait for a tweet from him to see if like something's confirmed. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, so shout out to him too. This is such a politician's answer. Um, look, I take it very seriously. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But, yes. but you, but you just, you, we have evidence of you kicking players while they're on the bench. Look, I take it seriously. Okay, for me here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Let's talk about Bell Let's Talk. Let's talk about that campaign. Like, he's just pushing. Yeah, things. you're right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, it's definitely a happy medium. I, I've used that saying a lot, but, like, of maximizing your player's performance and working on game plans and watching film and all this, but why are you in coaching if you don't care about your players? Like, mental yeah. health? you don't want to be yeah. there for them. It's the same thing as teaching. Like if you don't care about kids, why you're not in it for the money. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with him that sports psychologist, it's very important um, because mental health, thank God is finally getting yeah. um, the light that should, should have been shined on it a long time ago. But um you're the head coach. Like you have that trust of players. Like they're, if they're going to come to anybody like that senior level, it would be to you first. So I just feel like if you're not about the players, like if you're not there to help their mental health, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. And we know Matt, that coaches in the past have been indoctrinated into this sort of thing. Like hockey is their main focus. Uh, but there are plenty of older coaches in the league who have been coaching for 30 plus years, which is what 
uh, Mike Babcock coached for, I think it was 32 years before he was fired by Toronto. Um, there are guys who have been able to adapt to this new era in hockey, I guess you can call it. And Mike Babcock is just not one of those guys. I mean, the times of Herb Brooks in Miracle saying, um, I'm here to be your coach. I will not be your friend. If you need one of those, you can take it up with Coach Patrick. You don't have to be the best friend of your players, but you definitely don't get to take zero of the blame for what happens to your players based on the way you treat them. We play in Rammer. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I get that, but it's not the 80s anymore. Like, mm -hmm. And that's such a cop-out of like, the, he. well, he's an old-style coach. I just I think – and I'm not, I'm not saying coaches shouldn't be hard. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a difference between trying to get the best out of your player because you care for them and just being a dick. And that's what Mike Babcock was being because he's just kicking his players yeah. and then outing Mitch Marner after he told him that he was going to keep it in confidence. Like, Absolutely. That's, a, that's not – you think that's going to get the best out of Mitch Marner? Mm-hmm. So, and even, yeah. even to do stuff like that and to not take accountability for it is even worse. So – yeah, to, to go back and say, well, I care about this stuff deeply. Well, yeah. You so didn't even you, apologize. So why'd you do anything you did then if that was really yeah. the case? Yeah. So. Uh, so we're seeing why he's not a coach anymore, but he is going to offer an interesting perspective, as we talked about last week um, on NBC Sports. So I can't wait to see him. I haven't yet. Um, interest, very, very interested to hear his analysis. So I guess – we have that to look forward to. Why don't we move on, Matt? The Dallas Stars. Uh, will be... I have Go a question. Ahead. Yes. Has Biden been sworn in yet? He has. So we have we have a new president. I just feel like, regardless of your political views, that's huge. We're doing a podcast during the inauguration, so yeah. And the uh, last time we did a podcast, it was during the Capitol riot. So we have a yeah. we have a we have a knack for finding <laughs> important moments. But we just. I feel like that has to be said that like we're doing this during that. So we got to at least yep. say something yeah. um, right before the podcast. Christian's like, well, right now we don't have a president because Trump was terminated at noon and Biden had been sworn in yet. And I was Biden like, was actively being right? sworn in at noon. Yeah. I was like, can we keep it? Just stop everything. Stop <laughs> the count. <laughs> Make Gary Bettman the president. Honestly, he's doing a great job. Good for you, Gary. Make Roger Goodell. president. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the Dallas, the Dallas Stars will be the last team to make their season debut on Friday when they host the Predators. Hopefully they're out of the woods with COVID. Predators obviously almost just played Carolina who had COVID. So they're finding the COVID all over the league. Um, I guess that's just a function of it being in that division only as we start the season. Yeah, that's that's I didn't even think about that. That's mm -hmm. interesting that you said, like, if one team gets it, I mean, you can at least you can kind of keep it within a division if there's widespread. Yeah. Well, because so. remember at the beginning of the MLB season, the Marlins played the uh, Phillies before they sort of shut down team activities because they all had COVID. And then the Phillies played other teams and the Phillies had to shut down. And then those yeah. other teams also had to shut down. So that's why the, we that the season to, yeah. was going to end. <laughs> so, um, um, so you're right. We're, they're keeping it in division, which is good. And, and maybe they, that's one of the reasons, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons why they're doing it to, to, kind of yeah keep it enclosed so right and like i mentioned at the beginning if they do end up in situations where they have to make up games they're only at most three hours away so remember this that out easily remember this at the end of the season 
or Dallas is. They were the last team to play. And so was Tampa. Tampa started on time. Dallas didn't. I don't know what you're I mean, saying. I, they practiced. They've obviously been practicing, but if they've had COVID, they haven't been. So we're talking yeah. a week and a half extra of rest for a team that went deep in the playoffs. I okay. feel like that at least has to be mentioned. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit of fantasy. Uh, we don't have really have specifics because it's very early in the season, so we can't talk about standings or anything of our league. But we can talk about fantasy hockey as a whole because we're starting to get a sense of that, and it is straight-up chaos. Because you can only have – I mean, this is probably my fault because I'm the commissioner. You can only have a certain amount of players on your bench, and you can only call up a certain amount of players at a time, which is one, and you have to go in order. So you basically could have a night where you have one or two players playing or like at la I had last night where every single one of your players is playing. Yeah. Yeah. And you had, you adjust it day by day. So like yeah. I'm playing his, I'm playing Christian's brother this week and I forgot to set my lineup Monday and he had like nine players playing. So he got an 11 point lead. Yeah. Same thing happened with Zach again, Zach's playing Christian and Zach forgot to set his lineup. Christian jumped out to a 22-point lead. So you literally have to set it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy. Even on the days when you set it, there's only two people on your roster playing. So you're, like, uh -huh. looking for free agents, but you're trying to clear waivers. It's all Right, and the waiver wire is whatever. It's, like, three days if it's not your turn before you can get the guy. So is yeah. it even worth it unless you're looking way in the future? It's probably yeah. not. So, chaos. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do a fantasy segment every week as the season goes on because we know a lot of you are playing it and even if you're playing it on other whatever in other leagues you can, can still be interested in what's going on in our league. But as of now there's nothing to talk about in the in the way of standings. So that's all we got for our fantasy segment this week. <laughs> it was a good one, Matt. All right. Game of the week, Edmonton at Toronto. They played twice. We're not going to pick one of them because they'll both be good. But the storyline, the main storyline, is McDavid and Dreisaitl versus Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. They're five of the top talent in the league. People talked about just McDavid Matthews um, meeting eight times a year, which is already exciting. So that'll be great. Those are two uh, stalwarts. It's not even McDavid Matthews as much as it is. What's Dreisaitl going to do after winning the heart? Like, what's his encore? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a season long thing. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what how he how he repeats uh, after his heart winning season because I think McDavid's gonna win it. So, right. well, I said McKinnon, but yeah. So that's the last thing we want to talk about today is our award picks, which we did on the fly last week. We want to expand our picks, and we don't necessarily have to be loyal to our first week picks. And the reason we want to expand it is because on this podcast, we are known for being wrong. And if a we lot. have four, yeah, a lot, almost exclusively. And if we have four, <laughs> if we have four picks for each one from each division for every award, uh, gives us a better chance of being right. And then we can just go back and delete this episode and claim that that was our only pick. And maybe we'll get a little more respect. We sound? wouldn't delete this episode. We would we would clip only yeah. the part that we were <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, we're like, how come that episode is two minutes long now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. 
It cuts Let's revisit it. We our... cut it back in. We don't even like edit it nights. We just cut it back in where I'm talking. I'm like, yeah. So the fish went to the the sailor, and then people are like, what? And and then it's like, yeah, McKinnon's my heart. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Matt's picks smacking. from last week. Let's talk about Matt's pitch from last week. He picked McKinnon to win the heart, Ovechkin to win win the Rocket Richard. The Art Ross for most points was McDavid. Best defenseman, the Norris Carlson, and the Vezina for the best goalie, Braden Holpe. My picks were Panarin for the heart, Pasternak most goals, McKinnon most points, Hedman best defenseman, Carter Hart, Vezina trophy winner. Okay, so we've all, we're only a week in, and I want to point out, Ovechkin only has one goal. Pasta has zero goals, and those are our rock of a short. He has zero practices. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and Carter Hart, who's supposed to win the Vesna for you, got pulled and embarrassed by Buffalo last week. He did shut. So he did get a shutout twice. He did shut out twice. Um, I will say that is one of my picks I am planning on flexing. So here's our here's our format from here on in. We're each going to go one division at a time. Start with the North. We'll pick one player as the front runner for that division to win each respective award. Uh, you don't have to stick to your first picks. Uh, you can if you want. I feel like you. I feel like you have to. That way, you still get three other chances. So, how we're doing this is, since we suck at picking and guessing, mm-hmm. we're picking four of every award to try one, to give us a chance. That one way, for each division. When we apply to jobs, we're like, look, man, I know what I'm talking about. I yeah. picked the Vesna winner <laughs> back in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you want to stick, you want you want to force me to stick to my picks, is what you're saying. If it, if your pick is in each division. Yeah, so like I pick McKinnon to win the heart, right? So for, so for the saying- West, my heart winner is McKinnon. Okay. All right. We can that do way that. I still get three shots at it. Right. Okay, sounds good, Matt. All right. From the north, no shock at all. The heart winner is Connor McDavid. Go ahead, Matt. I want you to do the whole uh, north. We're just rattling off. All right. Yep, yep. Um, the Rocket Richard is Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> and the Art Ross is Leon Dreisaitl. Ooh, I thought you were going to go for the three. Because if McDavid has most goals, somebody's got to be setting them up. Yeah. Um, the Norris is Giordano. I don't know. Okay. He's a former winner. I know. He won it two years ago. Yeah. Doesn't it, Matt? Holpe. Well, I have to keep it. Hope. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. The whole beast. All right. We'll move on to my North Division picks for the Hart Trophy. I'm going to go with Mitch Meyer. He's already in the lead league lead for points. There's a lot of expectations on him being an $11 million player, $10.5 million player, um, and still being the third highest paid player on his own line. Uh, the Rocket Richard will be. Austin Matthews. 
what? What is wrong with you? And the art I get, Ross. I get it. You're trying to go opposite of what you should because you're we're all typically uh-huh. wrong. But this is uh-huh. like. Also, for our listeners, we're putting money on Ottawa to win the cup because they're like plus fifty five thousand. Like, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My Norris Trophy winner. Yeah, the R. Ross is also Marner. The Norris Trophy man is hard, but I'm going to go with the young gun, Matt. Quinn Hughes. Mm. Not a bad pick. No, I think it's good. And my Vezina pick, Gary Price. Moving on to the East Division. I guess I'll go first on this one. This, I will start by saying, is the most packed division ever. Uh, this There could quite possibly be seven teams from this division who deserve to win. Um, so we'll start with who I already picked to win the Hart Trophy. Nope, because, I yes, to win the Hart Trophy, he's in the East. I picked Panarin. Uh, special shout-out to the boat, the best on – no, the, not the boat. The boat is uh, – Whatever, he's in the NFL. Blake Bortle. Best one, Blake Bortle, that's right. The best one, Kevin Hayes, he has a shot to win the uh, the heart, but he's obviously not going to. The Rock of Richard, I also have to stick with David Posternak. The Art Ross Trophy, I picked Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon. I believed. Yep. So from the East Division, the Art Ross is going to go to Kevin Hayes. <laughs> come on matt he's one of the most skilled players he's the best one ever he's the best one so you can't disagree with that your picks are like because we're we have a history of being so bad i'm just gonna pick the most random guy i can think of because if it's wrong it's funny that's like your mentality right now <laughs> hey you know what that's not what i was thinking but that's a great strategy because i can just go back and be like hey i was joking come on it's kevin Hayes. <laughs> yeah he has five no one's right gonna now. take you seriously. He's, he's second in the league in points, Matt. So I don't want to hear any of that. The Norris Trophy winner. You picked Hedman, which is I did, who was not really in the East. Pick. So I I still think he's gonna win the, the win the uh the Norris trophy, but I'm gonna have to go with the hometown guy, Charlie McAvoy. I almost picked Chara because he's averaging 19 minutes a night already. Um I miss him. Dearly. The Vezina Trophy, Carter Hart, already picked him. Honorable mention to Tuka Rask. He has two goals against in two games to start the year. Uh, it's easy as a Bruins fan to forget how good Tuka Rask is. Okay, Matt, the East Division. You already have your Rocket Richard and your Norris picked. Um, that's Ovi and Carlson, but let's hear the other three. <clears throat> yeah. Um. The heart is going to be Jack Eichel. Mm, that's a good one. The Art Ross is going to be Panarin. And the Vesna Yeah, this one's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many good goals. I mean, let's just go down who could win 
who could legitimately win it. I'm going to go Carter. Carter. Love. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go Carter. crazy. Hutton. That <laughs> is wild. Carter Hutton. <laughs> he thought I was going to say Carter Hart. The whole world was sitting on the edge of their seat going, he's already said Carter. Could it be Hutton? Yes, it is. All of your prayers are answered. Oh Carter Hutton winning the Vesna. So according, the- to the, according to the Good Gold podcast, Carter will win the Vesna. That is right. Except okay. I have I have Holpe, who is not off to a great start. Okay, Matt. Central Division, it's on you. Let's hear it. Oh, great. We, so I get the worst division. First. So the Central is impossible to pick from. It's actually impossible. But go ahead. All right. Do I have anyone? No, I have no one picked from the Central as my actual awards, which makes this worse. Because I have exactly, to pick all yeah, of them. I, I'm in the same position. The Central. Who will win the heart from the Central? I'm going to go Tyler Sagan. <laughs> Good one. Only because he, they haven't played a game yet. So I feel like he could he could just have eight goals the first game, and then he's he all could. of a sudden in the lead. The Rocket Richard is going to be, if it's from the Central, is going to be a point. Braden mm. Point. Braden Point. The Art Ross is going to be Braden Point. Mm-hmm. The Norris, I have to steal your pick because he's, if you look at that division, he's far and away the best defenseman in that division. He Other has than, to be the favorite across the league. Roman Josie won it last year, and he mm-hmm. shouldn't even been a finalist. So, um, yeah, Hedman. And then the Vesna. I, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to spell it, so I'm just going to go Vasil. Nice. We'll all get it. Okay, my central division picks. The Hart Trophy winner is Alexander Barkov. Voted two years ago to be the most underrated player in the National Hockey League. He already has three points in three games, so I feel good about that pick, Alexander Barkov. My Rocket Richard winner. God, this is a tough one, Matt. It's because Kuch- if Kucherov was healthy, he probably would have stolen all of those awards from me. Yeah, he'd win all five somehow. Um, God, the most goals in the well, central year, division. Two years ago, Tampa stole all those awards. Yeah. So, well, Rocket Richard was over. But. The most goals in the central division will be Patrick Kane. And the most points in the central division will also be Patrick Kane. Norris is Victor Hedman. He is my league pick. The Vesna winner will be Jonas Corposalo. Best goalie in the Central Division. He has to be in order for them to win. Matt, he has the most saves ever in an NHL game. Don't even laugh at that. It's not funny. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an unbelievable stat because it's true. But true. you didn't preface it with he essentially played three full games in one. So, he let up two goals, Matt. 
three oh, goals, three goals. Okay, when you're in fifth overtime, you're just like, you're just like <laughs> throwing the puck like from the center yeah. line, hoping it gets there because you're so tired. Yeah, Matt, that's how easy that is. I've I've been there, done that. Yeah, I'm sure you have. All right, you're doing the West first. That's right, I am. Okay, this one is easier because there's only four teams basically in this division. Um, I also want to say before you start, if any of our listeners have made it to this point, we thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Because <laughs> we know this is boring, but it's really fun for us. So, <laughs> Okay, the West Division, Hart Trophy winner. It's obvious. I'd be surprised if we both didn't take this. Nathan McKinnon. Well, I have to. Mm-hmm. The Rocket Richard for most goals, I'm going to go with Captain Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Art Ross, McKinnon as well. Here's where it gets fishy. The Norris Trophy winner. So difficult to pick from these guys, but I'm going to go with the young guy who I think you picked for Vezina. Is that, that the, the case, Matt? I picked Colby for the Vezina. No, sorry for the Norris. The Norris. No, I pick Carl's. Okay. Well, the Norris winner is Kale McCarr from the West. And the Vezina winner is Robin Lehner. Phil Grubel. Oh, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I figured you were going to go Lehner. All right. It's tough because I think uh, those guys are going to split time, Matt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although uh, Flurry has a sword through his back, and the sword says betrayal. Um, also, if you made it to this point, add us on Twitter. Send us your heart, Rocket Richard, Norris Vesna, Art Ross. Send us those pics. Comment on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. You know what YouTubers do. Yeah. Um, Smash that subscribe all good button. Thing. Yeah, all good things. All right. Matt T. Arts, West picks, which are going to be winners, guaranteed. The heart is Nathan McInnen. The Rocket Richard is going to be Miko Rantanen. Oh, good one. The Art Ross is going to be Nathan McKinnon. The Norris is going to be, and it's going to shock everyone that I'm saying this. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, it's going to be Eric Carlson. Oh, big time comeback for Eric Carlson. Yeah. Um, And the Vesna is going to be, and this is who should have won it last year, Darcy Camper. Mm-hmm. Well, he got hurt, but had he been you'd healthy, be, he was. You'd be dumb not to think of him at least. So, now right. we're not going to read them out because there's a thousand names on this list now. But those just are know, our picks. Yeah. Just know, by the end of the season, hopefully, one of us is right on one of these awards because we got four chances at it. If we're not, Matt, I don't know what the future of this podcast is. Well, I also said if Carlson doesn't win the Norris, I'm never watching hockey again. So, we're just – John just Carlson, on, not Eric Carlson. Yeah. Well – then I then a Carlson's hey. winning it. Hey, true. Um, and I also I definitely lied on that because I'm watching hockey. I'm also watching anybody. I was telling my roommate last night. 
Shout out to Thomas. He sat there and watched the entire Caps-Pens game with me. Anybody but Sidney Crosby to win it in overtime. Mm-hmm. And guess who wins it in overtime? Sidney Crosby. Anybody but him. He's off to a hard, hot start, man. He could easily, easily win the Hart Trophy. Him and I mean, Gensel. God. Sidney Crosby is the best player in the world. People Shut talk about McDavid, man. Sidney Crosby is the best hockey player in the world. But he's not going to win the Hart. It's we like also how- know – it's like how Bill Belichick doesn't win the, the coach of the year. It's like if you give it to Crosby, people are just going to get tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone knows he's the best player in the world. Yeah. He's getting hurt, too, though. That's he's, the not the, he's definitely not the best player in the world. I think oh, yeah. if McDavid played in the 90s, he would score 6,000 points. <laughs> of course. But. Not an exaggeration. Um Although Ovechkin would score 6,000 goals back then, Crosby would score 3,000 points. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think Wayne Gretzky would be one of the best players in the league today in his prime. Or the best, probably. You still think? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are guys now who are easily more skilled than he was. But I don't think there's anybody who's ever been as smart as he has. I, hard to, I don't think he wins the heart in this league, but he's definitely he's definitely up there for points. That's a that's a debate that could go for hours. Yeah. But he was scoring like four hundred goals against sixteen year olds when he was twelve. So <laughs> Yeah, this like stories him scoring like thirteen goals a game in his youth league. Yeah, when he was like eight playing he, against he played in the world juniors at, he played in the world juniors at sixteen. And one MVP of the tournament. I know. You remember? Because the, the famous story that he says <laughs> is, I, I didn't want to play hockey. I wanted to play baseball. And my dad said, you got invited to the World Juniors at 16. Go play it. If you still don't want to play baseball, or if you still don't want to play hockey after the tournament, I'll let you play baseball. And he wins MVP at 16. MVP of the world. Mm-hmm. Juniors at 16. And he's like, you know what? I, I should probably stick with this. And as they say... The rest is history. All right. All right, Matt. That's a marathon episode. Another one. But that was a fun one. We'll be back at it again next week. Talking about a little more hockey. We started this podcast without a president. We now have a president in like before we end the podcast. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Hey, it's the United States, man. All right. Um, Pablo Harris will be president by the end of the year. That is my prediction. (laughs) Just to sign off on some weird stuff so yeah yeah, good that's a great way to end a hockey podcast (laughs) all right go Bruins see ya go Caps uh UFC on right now that's what I'm gonna go watch peace Mm -hmm. peace oh hey Chris oh before I let you go before I end this recording Connor McGregor's fighting this weekend (laughs) does he lose does he win what's your prediction I know almost nothing about the other guy Dustin Poirier yeah, I mean, obviously, I've heard the name before, um, but God, a lot going, a lot is going on in Conor, McD- Conor McGregor's life. <laughs> um, he just got hockey. sued for hockey. personal injury. Always back to hockey. Um, I mean, the guy's all over the place. He has a new whiskey. Uh, who knows Robert if his... well sponsor us by the way, McGregor. If you're yeah. listening, but you know what, Matt. 
Dana White said, I know when Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor right now. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Dana White. I'll trust him and I'll pick Conor McGregor. Knockout finish or uh, obviously not a submission. Three Three rounds rounds. and knocks him out. Yep. Done. I got Conor first round. He somehow entices. Yeah. He somehow entices Khabib to come back. Khabib chokes him out again. And then the rest is history. Khabib's 30 and 0 and he retires. All right. All right, man. Go Mets. Fire Jared Porter. Getting the scum out of our organization. Yeah, we can't even talk about that. Jeez. All All right. right. See ya.